BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to Alabama and Bourbon edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And Tide fans, have we got an off-season treat for you. You know, in the off-season, we're going to spend some time on a lot of different topics, have a lot of fun, but we're all going to tie it back to Bama because that's what we are here to do. And tonight, we have just such an addition. We have Josh from Stuff and Whiskey, YouTube fame, just a phenomenal, fantastic uh, uh, bourbon YouTube. Boy, if you find yourself in the bourbon YouTube uh, rabbit hole, it is a lot of fun. Uh, a little bit time consuming, uh, a lot of fun. And Josh and Aaron over at Stuff and Whiskey are a hoot. Uh, high production value, uh, incredible palettes, super entertaining. They're just a lot of fun uh, just to kick back and uh, watch. And Josh, as it turns out, is an Alabama fan. And so we had him uh, on the show tonight and uh, we did sort of a mixed pairing. We talked through some Alabama questions and we tried to match it with the bourbon question, sort of back and forth uh, between the two. And we had uh, just an incredible good time. And uh, here we are. We're going to share it to you. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to pass it over to the interview. Go. Welcome back, Alabama fans. And have we got a treat for you. Peanut butter cup style. We're going to prove or proof that two things, two great things can be better together. Tonight, we have fellow Nashvilleian, Alabama fan, and bourbon YouTube legend, Josh from Stuff and Whiskey. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I don't know about that last one, man, but the rest of it was true. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We so appreciate having you on tonight. We try to do different things in the offseason, and uh, talking a little bourbon, talking a little Alabama offseason seems uh, like an appropriate mix. What do you say? There you go, man. It's it's one of uh, two of my favorite things in the world and two things that we share in common, so why not get into it, right? Absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, why don't we start off? Tell us what you're sipping tonight. 
and then maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what you and Aaron have going uh, over on uh, YouTube's. Yeah, so in the glass, got a little Blue Note Juke Joint Uncut, which is a distillery out of Memphis, but this is sourced from a distillery. It's sourced from a distillery in Kentucky called Green River, and this stuff is just fantastic. It's a really good value. I tend to like high proof, high flavor. You know, I like I like my food spicy and flavorful. I like my bourbon spicy and flavorful. So uh, this is really great for that. And it is uh, about five years old, 123 proof. I got it in a rocks glass and just kind of enjoying that. And uh, we do a ton of blind tastings over on our channel. And that's kind of our bread and butter when it comes to content. And we just have a lot of fun with it. That's really our hinge of everything that we do is it needs to be fun we do have some charity stuff that we do through the channel as well because we figure if people are going to watch us you know hang out and drink whiskey on youtube we might as well do something good with it uh so we do a little bit of charity work with the channel but in addition to that the channel primarily exists to be a little bit of a uh, common person's viewpoint with a high production level rather than you know coming at it from the angle of experts who you know, really know what they're talking about. But, you know, through osmosis, you kind of learn and, and, you know, it all seeps in as you go. So we probably know more than the average bear, but, you know, we try to stay grounded. No, you guys do a great job. It is a high production. I will say uh, you guys do a phenomenal job. The new studio is spectacular. You really do know your stuff. And uh, and it's just a lot of fun because you can tell you guys are having fun. Uh, there, yeah, there's some outtakes and some bloopers, but just the straight up show. You guys are having a great time. And so it's a joy to watch. And I encourage bourbon enthusiasts to listen to the podcast to check them out. Stuff and whiskey on uh, the bourbon YouTubes. So, Josh, if you're up for the challenge tonight, I have a blended flight of questions we're going to do uh do we do an alabama question and we have a pairing with a bourbon question you up for the challenge oh boy yeah man i am <laughs> we'll see how this goes <laughs> <laughs> all right fantastic i tried to match them you know a little bit but uh mm -hmm. let's uh let's start alabama football you're you're in nashville you're from nashville there's a lot of uh you know local college football teams you know vanderbilt of course tennessee unfortunately sort of permeates the state. What, what drew you into Alabama football originally? So you're right. I am a, a born and raised Nashvilleian, but my, my mom and my entire mother's side of the family is from the North Alabama area. So I did a ton of growing up down in Florence and Killen. And, you know, when we were going to go to a nearby city, we would go to Muscle Shoals, spend a ton of time down there as a kid and, really that's where I fell in love with Alabama football. Uh, my grandfather lived through the Bear Bryant days. So, you know, when you've got that influence in your life and I looked up to him, like he was just, I mean, he was a hero. He was a paratrooper in Korea and Vietnam. And, you know, the guy was just larger than life. And it was, it was, if Bama football was not on, it was Braves baseball. And that's what I grew up around eating corn dogs off TV trays and sipping out of my Superman sippy cup. And just watching uh, David Palmer, the deuce, just run yes. back, kickoff returns and stuff. So, dude, I fell in love with Alabama football since diapers age. Fantastic. And I always, being a Nashvilleian, I really lamented everybody around here that was UT fans. Yes. Because I was like, hold on now, you guys are fair weathering it. Because if you're going to pull for the local team, you need to be pulling for Vanderbilt. <laughs> and nobody wanted to hear that nobody wanted to hear right. that but you know that's you know that's none of my business i just minded my business and enjoyed my bama football and 
you know, the rest is the rest is history. I, I've never never turned my back on them, even in the dark years. And uh, yeah, I don't just been just been living it up since whatever Saban did, whatever deal he made <laughs> to, to pull off what he's been doing. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a speeding ticket in killing Alabama once, and I that was a long, dusty memory. And I appreciate you bringing that up tonight. Oh man, look, every time we would go down there, we knew that once you got into killing like the county line, like you got to slow down. Those yes. cops did not play. They did not. Yeah. All right. What got you into bourbon and uh, you know, sort of part 2 if you will. What got you into the bourbon YouTube? That's a pretty big step it seems. Yeah. Well, bourbon initially happened when I went to college. So I started at college here in the Nashville area and then transferred to Western Kentucky up at Bowling Green. And it was when you were tailgating, it was either, you know, Natty Light or it was bourbon. I didn't particularly care for Natty Light all that much. So I gravitated towards the bourbon and the rest is really history with that. So it's been about over 20 years now that I've been enjoying bourbon off and on here and there and, and various levels of nerdiness and I really didn't pour myself into it heavily until the last handful of years. Like I've, I've always liked what I've liked, but I've never really started soaking up more information about it the same way I nerd out on other types of hobbies like Bama football or, you know, camera stuff. I'm, I'm a big camera guy. So I uh, started nerding out on it and, and I noticed on YouTube that there were a lot of people who really knew what they were talking about, had really nice production value to their videos. And then I was watching other people who were more down to earth and felt more relatable to me, mm -hmm. but they didn't have the production value. You know, it might just be a cell phone set up. And I was like, well, I think I can bridge these two gaps. And I, I noticed that in some other hobbies that I was in, the type of podcast and, and video content that I really enjoyed watching was that type of content where it was right. still relatable, but there was, there was a certain level of professionalism to the final product. And so my wife, Erin and I, we would sit around and talk about some type of creative project we wanted to do together. And the way it, <laughs> the way it would work is it would be like a Friday or Saturday night. I would pour some bourbon she would take a sip of it. She would say some crazy off the wall tasting notes that I never heard in a million years on YouTube. And we would talk about what kind of creative projects we could do. We, we really talked long and hard about doing several different forms of podcasts. And uh, finally I was like, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just record these crazy tasting notes you're getting? Why don't we record whatever I think about what we're drinking and uh, let's do it all blind tasting style and try to dispel some of the, the hype and the, you know, mystique around whiskey and just try to make it, you know, again, down to earth and relatable. And, you know, it, it kind of started out as that and grew a lot faster than we thought it would. Well, you've been doing it. Uh, I don't know if you've had your third year anniversary. It hasn't been that long. And you're right at 12,000 uh, subscribers. I mean, you guys are killing it, right? Yeah, it uh we're we're past the two year mark. We're well into the into the second full year now and it's it has grown for sure. Um it's you know, much the same way when you find community related to any hobby, you know, whether it be, you know, cars or football or, you know, whatever, yeah, bourbon, you know, you find your community 
and the bourbon community in particular has been a really cool one to be a part of. And unfortunately, doing all the video work I've been doing, in addition to full-time job and being a husband and a dad and all that stuff, uh, it has meant that my Alabama viewing has kind of been curtailed in the last couple of years since we started the channel because it's has been a little all encompassing sure. getting this thing, you know, really dialed in. But we're we're in a really good spot with it now and, and I'm ready to get back into the Bama stuff this season. So I'm I'm already looking forward to the season. We got a seat warm for you. It's all good. Yep. I need to take uh bourbon lessons and uh social media media lessons from you because again you guys are you guys are killing it on on both both fronts. Uh, talk about, uh, you mentioned the deuce a minute ago, talk about maybe uh, a favorite memory or memories. Uh, there's a lot of them, especially in recent history. Uh, what are some of your favorite uh, Alabama moments? Man, I mean, honestly, as a kid, every time David Palmer got his hands on the football, he was electric. And that, to me, it's hard to to beat that. You know, to see my grandfather, who was, you know, this, you know, two-time war veteran, when David Palmer would just break loose and, and go crazy and the deuce was loose and loose. he would just, he would hop up and you would see this very stoic man become very animated. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there just, you know, losing my mind as a kid. So those were, those were my favorites. And honestly, a lot of the the players that I went on to watch, like I was a huge Barry Sanders fan in the NFL. I'd always watch the, uh, the Thanksgiving lions games just because <clears throat> Barry Sanders had that same level of, electricness to his running style and that elusiveness that David Palmer had. And uh, I just, yeah, that, that was the groundwork. And then obviously in recent years, it's been amazing just watching the team do everything it's done, all the success they've had under Saban. You know, (laughs) I'll answer the question partially from Aaron's standpoint. Uh, We met a little later in life and it was the national championship game. And they had pulled Jalen Hurts and put Tua in. And there was that deep pass. And, and like, at the time, we I don't think we were yet married. We we definitely were not yet married at that time. We were still dating. And I just, I lost my mind. I got up off the couch. I started running laps around. We had a kitchen island in the apartment that I was in. I was just running laps around that thing with my hands in the air. And she was just sitting there looking at me like, I can't imagine what was going through her head. Probably what in the world have I got myself into with this guy right here? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That right there was one of the coolest, uh, coolest recent memories, but man, I tell you, um, it's, you know, for better, for worse, for indifferent, you know, this like Trevor Lawrence, the thorn in the side that him and Deshaun Watson have been at Clemson for us. And it's, it's, you know, even though there's been a lot of success in recent years, it's been, it's been kind of bittersweet too, but I'm I'm not, you know, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to act like we haven't had it really great here lately, but it's a, uh, you know, it's it kind of like everything, it ebbs and flows, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. We're we're in a, a sustained sort of uh flow uh period, so that's really good. But you're right, we had that uh that that uh that terrible game out in Santa Clara. Uh we had the kick six. We've had some uh some really oh, low moments. Uh but that two uh, uh second and twenty-six, boy, that uh that felt really good. I think uh I think I made laps in uh I think I made laps in the kitchen as well. So woke the kid up and uh 
and all that kind of stuff. So, so we talk about favorite memories of Alabama uh, football. Talk about, uh, you know, Stuff and Whiskey has a variety of show types. I, I wrote, I had to write it down. It's almost, uh, I, you know, if you'll, uh, if you'll allow the pun, uh, it's a mixed mash bill, right? A diverse mash bill <laughs> of shows. Work with me, right? You've got the blind yeah. head-to-heads. You've got the blind single tastings. Uh, you'll do international sort of weaved in there. Uh, you'll do ranking shows. Everyone does a ranking show, right? And then you'll just get into bourbon topics and uh, and sort of uh, you guys will spend time. You talked about FOMO. You talked about uh, sort of terminologies, just some fun, you know, bourbon-related sort of shows. Do you have a favorite? I mean, you enjoy them all, but is there a favorite to- or topic or favorite sort of uh, type of show that you like to get into? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So from a personal standpoint, <clears throat> I would say that the head-to-heads, the blind head-to-heads are Aaron's favorite to do just because she likes having that direct comparison. Mm-hmm. And it's usually something that's inexpensive versus something that's expensive or something that is very difficult to get your hands on versus something that's very readily available. And we like to pit those against each other so that we can kind of show that if you take the bottle and the label and all the hype and all that stuff away, what you're left with, what's in the glass, yes. you can find a lot of comparable stuff out there without having to spend a ton of money. Um, and of course, like getting your hands on those higher profile bottles or more expensive bottles is a lot of fun for sure, but you don't have to, to enjoy the hobby. Right. So that those are her favorites and those used to be my favorites as well. But I think now I probably enjoy or equally as much as those. I think we probably both enjoy the international stuff as well. Uh, I'm a bourbon guy through and through. That's home base for me and that's what I love. And she tends to like rye whiskey a lot more. It's just been a lot of fun stepping outside those boundaries and yeah. trying international like, you know, whether it be um you know, scotch or Irish or some kind of other worldwide single malt or even r- sipping rums and things like that. It's just kind of fun to kind of mix it up and try something new for your palate. And then I, I'll honestly say that our t- Tuesday videos, we really try to focus, whether it be a list or whether it be some kind of talking point. Um, I think those are the videos I probably take the most seriously because mm-hmm. they are we kind of gear those to people who are a little bit newer to bourbon in the hobby. And we are, while it is a fun thing to do the channel, we are always aware that those Tuesday videos in particular are the, probably the most approachable for newcomers and things that we say on those may have an impact on how people choose to spend their own hard earned money. And so I actually really enjoy those a ton as well. Um, More for the fact that it, feels like we're we're providing something that is very helpful so um i know that kind of covers all our content but it's it is multi-pronged right like the the head-to-heads are fun the international stuff is a lot of fun but then you know there's a certain level of satisfaction you get when you make a topical video and, and somebody in the comments thanks you for the fact that you took the time to make it and they speak to how much it might have helped them or saved them money or something like that and yeah. There's a, a certain level of reward that comes with that as well. That's a little different than just us hanging out and having fun. Yeah, I like the diversity. I, I enjoy you guys' show. I try to you know keep up with them, and uh, knowing that every time it flips up, it's going to be something a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be a cast of characters that I know that I enjoy, but the presentation is going to be a little different. Uh, that keeps it fresh. That keeps it fun. You've mentioned Deuce. So my next question, I know he's the answer. So maybe there's 
maybe there's a deuce to the deuce. Favorite player, uh, current, all-time, dealer's choice, but uh, we know it's Palmer, but uh, who else you got? You know, it's funny. I Obviously, David Palmer holds a really special place in my heart, but I honestly think favorite Bama player of all time, man, that is a, such a great question. I honestly, you know, some of the running backs that we've had during the Saban era have been some of my favorites just because I'm, it's just that maybe it's the type of guy I am or whatever, but you know, in life, football so much is a mirror of life. And and I'm the type of guy that just wants to put my head down and, yep. you know, run through the challenges that pop up. And so, you know, some of the more bruising running backs that we've had and those have appealed to me a lot. And it, it's really kind of hard to separate uh, collegiate career from pro career yep. and being here in Nashville with Tennessee and everything. It's, it's really hard for me not to say the answer here is not Derrick Henry, man. It Derrick Henry is just he's an absolute monster, and I hope he stays a Titan. Yes. But I, I loved his college career. I mean, Mark Ingram comes to mind. He was fantastic. Um, man, we've had we've had some really good running backs that are that are real bruisers. Derrick Henry is uh, is a joy to watch, and certainly at Alabama, you know, he was a joy to watch. The night that he kind of went head to head. I mean, they're both running backs, but the night against LSU when he kind of went head to head. Uh, against Leonard Fournette, the the presumed Heisman winner, uh, and the defense, <laughs> yeah. Alabama defense did their work, and Derrick Henry did his work. That was an all timer night, and uh, I I remember uh, we opened a season. I want to say it was Wisconsin, and uh, we were playing down in Dallas, and and uh, me and a, me and a buddy uh, went to that game, and very early in the game, and at the time it was Derrick Henry, big bruiser, six four, two hundred forty pounds. And uh, Kenyon Drake was the other uh, sort of the, the second running back, and he was lightning fast. And um, and Derrick Henry burst through the line. Once he got past, once he got into the secondary, you know, he was gone. And he ran, I want to say it was 80, but maybe it was 60, 70 yard touchdown. And of course, you know, that sort of broke open the score and super excited. And and I just yelled out, he's not even the fast one, <laughs> as he was running away. From <laughs> he's not even the fast yeah. one, and uh, yeah. I don't think Wisconsin fans appreciated that. But you know, it is really, yeah, yeah, uh, good awesome. stuff there. Good stuff there. So you know, we'll transition again. We're trying to do some loose pairing here. Uh, favorite player? Uh, what's your favorite game day for? Man, that's actually a really good question. So when you're thinking about a game day pour, right? You can't go super high proof, big, bold. And that's what I tend to like the most, you know, right. sitting down at the end of the day, having a glass of something that is really flavorful. But for game day, you got to, you got to take it easy. You got to, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So honestly, you know, something like wild Turkey one Oh one, some oh, ginger cool. ale thrown in there. Like you can't really go wrong with that or even go down to the wild Turkey 81 proof would be fine and, and completely serviceable. I'm a huge wild turkey fan, and I didn't find that out until we started doing uh, research for the channel, and I started doing some blind tastings, yes. and it turns out I really liked wild turkey products. So, um, big fan of that, um, and I, I honestly think some of the Evan Williams stuff, like Evan Williams 1783. I haven't tried that, that. one. I need to try that. I hear good things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's you, very inexpensive. Probably. Yeah, it's 90 proof. It's It's fairly inexpensive, and, you know. When when 101 proof from Wild Turkey is a little too much, 
and you want something that's a little bit more mellow than that, it, it's pretty hard to beat something like Evan Williams, 1983. Nice, nice. We've got, uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you it's the best whiskey, which you already know that, uh, but sort of the official whiskey of Alabama, not the state, not, not the team, is Clyde Mays. And so sometimes that's fun to drink on game day. And
Yeah, it's really cool. So, I mean, the best way I could describe it is like it's got to be the difference between, you know, sitting up in the stands versus being on the sidelines at a game. You know, you're in the mix. So every distillery has a, a little bit of a different way that they do it. And there's certainly a lot of distilleries out there that if anybody ever got a chance to and was inclined to go on a distillery tour, I would highly recommend you know, Old Forester in downtown Louisville or Jack Daniels or Bardstown Bourbon Company's barrel thieving tour. Yes. Um, there's a lot of really great tours out there. But when it comes to a barrel pick, you know, they're taking you in the best case scenario, my favorite ones, they're actually taking you into the Rick houses and they have barrels that they have selected for their single barrel program. And you get to taste through them at cask strength straight out of the barrel Oftentimes you get to put the whiskey thief, the, the kind of copper straw down in there and, and take it out yourself and put it right into your glass. And it's just a really cool experience to be able to taste it just completely unadulterated and then pick which one that you think is the best tasting of the bunch that they've selected for you to try. And then that barrel pick, that single barrel selection gets taken and bottled and it goes through their production line. And then it either goes to a store or a retail partner of, of your choice. And then there you go. You got a, a barrel of bourbon put in the bottles that only one of those ever exists. Right. And, you know, you might you might get 100 bottles. You might get 200 bottles out of it. And it's great. Like we do them for the, our YouTube channel. And, you know, so far, knock on wood, they've all sold out very quickly, which <laughs> is a good thing. Um, I, I wish there were more. You know, but that's why we keep doing more picks right, at right. other distilleries and, you know, just trying to find cool whiskey for people to try, whether it be something they are familiar with or maybe it's a distillery they aren't familiar with, but we know makes really good whiskey. Um, and then one of the cooler things about that process as well, from being on the inside and doing the picks yourself, is then to have people who watch our channel that can kind of zero in and say, okay, well, I know that. Aaron likes these types of whiskeys and she was really high on this particular single barrel. Or I know my palate aligns a little bit more with, with Josh. And so if he's really all about this single barrel pick, then that's something that, that I want to, you know, to go after and to see the feedback, albeit a little nerve wracking because you're, you know, you just want people to like what you picked. It's a lot of fun and, and it's pretty rewarding to be able to, you know, use the platform that we have to select some really cool, unique whiskey for people who, you know, want to get their hands on it. So it's been a really cool process. Definitely one of my favorite things to do in the whiskey space. I can imagine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Talk about uh, just, you know, just just a couple of words or sentence. There's nothing like being in a Rick house. That's that aroma. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's it, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, Disneyland ain't got nothing on being in a Rick house. Being in a Rick house is the best place on earth. I Yes, I'm with you. I did the uh, uh, last two uh, summers. 
uh, did a, you know, bourbon trail trip. And uh, last fall, uh, went to Bardstown. Uh, the city in the distillery there is phenomenal. Their facility, holy cow. And we did the barrel thieving. And uh, boy, that was a really cool thing. Uh, we didn't get to pick a bottle, but we did the thieving. And that was uh, that was a quite a quite a unique experience. All right, let's talk about um, Brandon Miller, Alabama basketball star, uh, freshman, uh, All-America, just an incredible ball player. Did he go to the same high school that you did, Cane Ridge, there in uh, uh, Antioch? No, but I lived right by that high school for years as in adulthood. Um, so, yeah, that that is a pretty crazy coincidence. And Nashville, while a much larger town than it used to be, still has a little bit of a small town feel. So when things like that come up, it, it is pretty cool. But no, I grew up just a like 10 miles north of downtown Nashville. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and went to White's Creek High School. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Cane, Cane Ridge High School is, uh, yeah, I lived right by it, man. I had a house out in Cane Ridge. It was great. Fantastic. Fantastic. My grandparents, my grandparents lived in Antioch. I lived in Antioch near Cole Little Elementary uh, way back in the day. It was a long time ago. But, uh, so, uh, so I, this is a looser fit, but I, I was like, you know, good stuff for proximity, access to good stuff. And if you had gone to, you know, this, or he had gone to the same high school that you did, uh, talk about bourbon hunting. How do you find, how do you locate the good stuff? Man, that is a loaded question. <laughs> so, um, and, and what makes it particularly difficult is the good stuff is different for everybody, right? So, um, for me, the good stuff, my favorite stuff are unique single barrel selections. And so whether that be at stores that I know the people that are picking those barrels, like the store that I frequent the most, the store owner tends to pick barrels. He does these single barrel selections and his palate aligns very closely with my own. And so I can always trust that if yeah. they have a single barrel selection, that's a safe bet for me to buy. And then if I really like it, I tend to go back and buy a few more. Yes. Um, but you know, if, if you're talking about some of the more, uh, hyped up, hard to find things, it's so market dependent. So like with Alabama, if you have a lot of listeners down there, it's an ABC control state. So yeah. there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, they have these release days and you got to be there early and you got to jump through all these hoops to do it here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. We don't have the state owned liquor stores and it is a heavily hunted bourbon spot, yeah. like every store in the city people are always looking for stuff and you have a ton of tourists um, so the way that you get good bottles around here are either in year-end raffles from stores or you get them through just having loyalty to a single store or a couple of stores making sure they see your face often they know who you are and it's you know it's not that you're going in there specifically just to show your face and get a, a product out of it it's more building that relationship with them. So I can go into my local store here in Nashville and talk to the owner, yeah. like the husband and wife owner. I can say, Hey Sam, say, Hey Heather, um, you know, we're making whatever I'm making, you know, I'm doing some ribs tonight and you know, my wife wants a bottle of red wine to go with them. What would be good to go with that? Right. Cause I don't know anything about wine hardly. So they'll give me a wine recommendation and I'll buy it, yeah. you know, or if I'm looking for, you know, some type of uh, whiskey that maybe I'm not personally plugged into, but a lot of people are buying it right now. You know, they can say, we got this product in, a lot of people are buying this. I might grab that and use it for something with the channel 
And it could be something I wasn't aware of otherwise because, you know, I get my blinders on. Right. Um, but then through, through that relationship, you know, I get opportunities to buy things as well. Uh, um, and I can put, you know, bugs in their ear. Hey, I'm looking for this specific product. You know, if you happen to get it, I would love to have a bottle of it. And I've gotten some some pretty cool bottles that way as well. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, it's, you know, just, just hoping and, and hoping and hunting like we all do. Right. Right, 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 right. But those are the two best answers, I, I think. And, and we were talking about, uh, you know, going on a, a barrel selection. Um, if you find a store and you just said it right. If you find a store where you like their palate, then you're getting a bottle that there's only so many of them, you know, 100, 200, however many came out of that barrel. And so if you like it, buy an extra because when it's gone, it's gone. And it's going to be similar to sort of the small batch, whatever they, the regular stuff. Uh, but it's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of, and you know this so much better than I do, but, uh, you know, some of the distilleries, they pick out bottles because whatever note they have sort of flashes and they, and they want to, they want to show that off in a, in a store pick. Right. And so, yeah, if you find a, a store that has picks that sort of your palate uh, agrees with, then that's, that's what you need to do. You're going to get something that's available in limited supply, but you can get it and, uh, and you can't get it anymore. No one else has it. Right. And so that's, that's sort of a unique thing. Uh, and then absolutely the relationships. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, there's a, a local store that, that I frequent. And they have a pretty good selection. So I was very happy to go in and, you know, buy stuff off the shelves. And uh, the owner he started to recognize that I would, you know, that I was I was a regular, that I was going in, that I was, you know, spending money there. And, and uh, it's almost like he recruited me. Uh, he said, you know, one day he's just like, kind of sidled up and said, well, what are you looking for? And he, and he goes, and I, I was sort of dumbfounded by the question. I gave him a terrible answer because I, I wasn't expecting. He goes, tell me about your collection. <laughs> like, wow. That's and, awesome. Uh, I think yeah. uh, I, I've been able to get some some pretty good bottles uh, as a result of, you know, just that relationship over time. So those sound simple, uh, but boy, they're effective. And it uh, takes a little bit of time, but hey, it's all good. You know, it's all good bourbon. It's all it's all having a good time anyways, while you're building up to uh, maybe having uh, having that opportunity. No um, doubt, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me switch gears uh, a little bit. We're talking about good stuff. Uh, you know, let's, let's look at the other side of the coin. Um, talk to us, Josh. How, how terrible was it last October in Nashville? Well, oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been such a foregone conclusion for so many years, right? Uh, this last little stretch with Saban and, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta let them have one every once in a while, I guess. But it's uh, you know, it's that third third Saturday in October every year is always. I always look forward to it on some level, and and this may be a little contrary to popular opinion. I personally really like it when the games are close. Yeah, like I, I like the games to be oh, close, <laughs> but. I still like Alabama to pull out the, the clear win. And right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you're trudging up some bad memories, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's flip that into whiskey. Uh, worst whiskey you've ever had, legit certifiable drain pour. Oh, man. That's a great question. Um, it'd have to be something from Texas. And no offense to people who love Texas bourbon and Texas whiskey. 
we've had some really wild, wacky stuff out of Texas, and it's it's partially because of some of the grains that they use. Like uh, they really like to use local grains, so it doesn't taste like Kentucky bourbon, which is what I really enjoy. You know, I always joke and say I love Kentucky bourbon. I love living in Tennessee and I love Alabama football. Like everything I need is right there in those three states vertically. Um, but Texas has a, a cult following with their with their whiskey, whether it be American single malts or whether it be their bourbon. And because of the really hot climate, everything ages very fast. Yeah. And it has this harshness to it that is just it's a lot. Like it is it's just a lot. Um I would probably say um, Balconis has a rye that is one of the weirdest things I've ever tasted. And I don't, I don't, I don't it's one of those things that tastes so bad that I just want to keep drinking it just to see, just to try to figure it out. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I could call it a dream for exactly. Um, and, and we've had some other stuff from Texas too, but that Balconis rye really sticks out it's a hundred proof um it's it's not yet released on the channel although it should be coming up soon and aaron said and she wasn't wrong when she said this she said it smelled like a tire shop like if you go into a discount tire or the tire section of a walmart you smell all that rubber yes it's it smells like that with a glass of turnt soured milk sitting on the counter and then it it tastes like it tastes like chocolate covered crickets and she said that and i don't even know what that tastes like but the earthiness that's in it with the chocolatey note together i'm almost sure she's right (laughs) yeah how about that how about that uh black ridge uh straight uh total wine i'll recommend that to you stay away from that and uh and oh, the I've heard that's not good. The Woodenville uh Kentucky Straight. I, I can't do that either. Uh took both of those to a couple of uh, bottle shares, just hoping that to rehome them and uh I had no takers. So <laughs> so that's how it goes <laughs> yeah. in that. Hey, you mentioned Aaron. We absolutely love uh Aaron on the show. She's a hoot. Uh her tasting notes are very colorful. Now, I understand she's an Ohio State fan. So, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was like, what's up with that? How does that work out? Yeah, I mean, she went to college there for a little bit, so she, you know, she comes by her fandom. You know, some people might say I don't come by my fandom honestly, even though I've been a fan since diapers, because I didn't go to college there. So she got it through college, and yeah, I mean, her her thing is she doesn't she doesn't nerd out on it. She doesn't follow it like I do. Um, she couldn't care less about like guards and tackles pulling sure. for blocks for the running back and stuff, but. You know, she's been there in person for Ohio State, Michigan games, and she she loves that atmosphere. Yeah. So maybe if we could get her down to Tuscaloosa, we could convert her to Bama. Um, but a, a, I'll tell you a funny story. You know, I, I have a lot of contention with uh, Ohio State fans, uh, in particular because they do that whole the thing. I just I don't like that. And, uh, you know, I feel like Alabama handles themselves with a little more class. You know, it's like, you know, we're a dynasty and all that stuff. And, but, you know, it's like we don't have to broadcast it all that much. You know, it's not the University of Alabama. You know, we're just Bama. So uh, I give her grief about that. And she yells out, OH. 
And then I yell back, you know, um, but on our second date, on our very second date, we were talking about just, you know, interests and things like that. And I mentioned that, uh, that I was a Bama fan and she goes, Oh, and I think she had mentioned she was an Ohio state fan and she goes, Oh, Bama fans are the worst. And I was like, well, they are, if you're not one, like, you know, as <laughs> literally every team that you're not a fan of has sure. the worst fans. And if you're in the sec, then, you know, <laughs> I'm surrounded by enough UT fans up here that I th- I'm pretty sure they're the worst. Yeah. No offense to my UT fans out there, but I want y'all to do really good. I just don't want you to do good enough to beat us. That's when we have problems, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it, it's fun. Um, vying for time in the house when Bama games are on. If there's like a banner game, you sure. know, she'll usually relinquish and let me, you know, say I watch the Bama game. I don't I don't care that much. Uh, but I, I certainly always look forward to every chance that we can meet them yes. at the end of the season. And uh man, I, I think uh we had actually just started dating when uh when we played Ohio State and Carter they subbed in Cardell Jones. Yes. Dude, that that was not that was not a good day. That was not <laughs> good. That was not a good that was, day. That was a, that was not a good day. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with mm-hmm. you. What one of the things that one of the things we say on uh on on the podcast is uh uh two things can be true at once. And so everyone listen and have a drink. That's one of our deals. And so, you know, Ohio State fan, all right. But uh I I have true respect uh for her fandom. And uh, there was a show just out of the blue. Uh, you guys were talking about, and you mentioned Western Kentucky, and she goes just without missing a beat. She was like, "Oh, H," and just I was like, "Ah," I was like, "Okay, I respect that." So I have mad props, mad respect. Uh, but you you said something uh, that sort of tips off um, sort of sort of the, the where I want to go with my next question. You know, we get a Tuscaloosa, maybe maybe we sort of change your mind a little bit. Um, Hypothetically, if you had someone that didn't like bourbon, uh, you know, let's put a name to it. If you had a buddy, Charlie, super nice guy, you know, Midwestern nice, right? He's from Minnesota, right? He just likes beer, doesn't really care for the bourbon. How do you how do you go about sort of drawing him in? Man, that's a great question. And I think that that as a nerd, the answer you want to give them is like introducing them to lower proof stuff. That's a little bit more approachable, maybe trying on a little bit of ice or something like that. But cocktails are almost always the gateway for most people. So I think if you can either find a bar that makes a good old fashioned or figure out how to make one yourself, that right there is a perfect pathway into the spirit. Um, and honestly, you know, to me, that that's really what sold me on it, even though there was plenty of, of game day stuff, you know, tailgating up at Western Kentucky, you know, with, you know, something like Evan Williams, Black Label and ginger ale or, or Coca-Cola or, you know, there was a lot of, for whatever reason, Diet Pepsi and Wild Turkey 101 back in college. Um, that was a that was a thing that we did. So, um, you know, you can try mixers like that and, and ginger ale and, you know, Coca-Cola go a long ways on both of those. But. I think to really get somebody to not just drown the flavor of bourbon with, you know, a soda type of drink and really make them appreciate it is to start with something like uh, an old fashioned. And, and I'll tell you for me, um, I, I don't, I'm not a big cocktail guy anymore, but I do make them at home from time to time. And Aaron does particularly still enjoy them. 
And I like for an old fashioned, I like to take something like that Evan Williams 1783, you know, like a good solid 90 proof whiskey, or, or I really like uh, Elijah Craig small yeah. batch, Nine, 94 proof, about a $30 bottle. It's, it's a really good quality product and it works great just over ice. If you're new, it, you can sip it completely neat and it's great, but something about that product's flavor profile works exceptionally well in an old fashioned. Maybe it's just for my palate, but put two ounces of that in a glass with some ice. I, I do splurge for the Luxardo cherries. Yes. Put yeah. one of those and a yeah, little bit of that cherry juice in there. Yes. Oh my God. Couple of splashes of your bitters. <laughs> you know, use whatever you want. You know, Angostura or, or get some black walnut bitters if you want to splurge and have something interesting. And then what I do is I sub this the either the sugar or the simple syrup in the recipe. I sub maple syrup Ooh. in for that and give that a good stir and you know garnish it with a little bit of orange. And that something about that uh, Elijah Craig with the maple syrup. And the the you know splurging on the Luxardo cherries, it just it works so beautifully together. And we've got some good cocktail bars in Nashville. I mean, Nashville Nashville's pretty big for its britches up here with with their you know with their craft cocktail scene. But I, you know, it's hard to hard to beat a good old fashioned if you know how to make one well. So I, I think that's the real gateway. Fantastic. All right, Josh, I'm gonna throw uh, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you and. Um... I'm either going to wreck this thing or uh, I'm going to bring it home, right? I run it into the rocks. So let's see <laughs> That's where it right. Goes. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I'm going to go full uh, fanboy on you because I love your your show, right? And and it's and this is very Nashville esque. Uh, I've got two show topics for you that I, I want to run by you, and I want your legit thumbs up or thumbs down. How about that? Your scoring system, okay? Right? I'll give it to you. So, so all right. Uh, so, stages of bourbon fandom. Like, what are the stages of bourbon fandom? And so, you, you're all new to it. So, you're jumping in with both feet. You're searching, Googling for liquor stores and, uh, and, and sort of all into it that way. FOMO sort of takes over. And at some point, you realize, I'm never going to own them all. There's too many. If I find one, there's five more that I've never even heard of. And so how do you transition into, uh, and we call this maybe a couple of different things, like bourbon emotional intelligence or the bourbon zen. How do you transition into, I like what I got. I don't need any more, but it's fun. Like, how, like, how, like there's a life cycle there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, so maybe there's room for discussion there. What do you think? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. It. I'm like, I don't know if you have my house bugged or what. <laughs> has the mic been on longer than we've been recording because I've actually been talking to Aaron about doing an episode on this and she is way more of a social drinker and that's it. She doesn't get nerdy about it. She doesn't care to hunt. She wants things that are good value, high value right. at a fairly as inexpensive a price as she can get that. And she wants to like enjoy those drinks with other people. Yeah. Me, I'm much more nerdy and you said, you know, the stages of a bourbon fan. I've been calling it in the episode idea that I've been pitching to her, the life cycle of a bourbon nerd. Yes. So yes, yeah. I'm, I'm actually workshopping this exact idea at the moment. Oh, that is awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, 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 I was thinking about this. I was like, I got to like have an idea. 
And bourbon emotional intelligence, for some reason, sort of resonated with me. You know, fight the FOMO I like that. sort of thing. There's a Zen. I don't know, but uh, but I like that. All right, I'm going to try one more. I'm going to try one more. Press my luck. Uh, this might be more of a live stream candidate. I, I don't know because there's more maybe opportunity for a free form discussion. But, uh, you know, we've all done this, right? This is this is just life in America. Uh, you know, the lottery and it's up to, you know, $20 million and it's up to $100 million. And, and so you think about, well, what did you do? What would you do? Like, I'd get a new car and new house and vacation and stuff like that. This uh, distill it down, no pun intended. Bourbon fan edition. If I won the lottery, would I go on a $100 bottle spree, a $500 bottle spree, uh, a home bar? Would I build a speakeasy into my house? Hello, secondary market. You know, like all, all of these things. If if truly you won like a big dollar payout, what would you do from a bourbon fan, a bourbon enthusiast standpoint? I think that's a fun, it's probably a little more raw than that one, but uh, that's a younger, right? You taste the grain on that. But I think there's something there. I think maybe there's an interesting sort of, uh, idea there. No, a thumbs up on that one too. Yeah. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Because I think it's fun that, I mean, like you said, we all want to kind of have that idea right. going through our head. Like how would that work? But to make it specific about bourbon, it's great. Like I've, I've been into cars most of my life uh, until I realized that I'm just <laughs> never going to be able to afford the ones I really want. Right. So I always kind of fantasize about what car or cars I would get if I ever did have some kind of large windfall lottery related or otherwise. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've done it uh, cameras. I've done it literally with every hobby I've ever been in. And I think by the time I got super nerdy with bourbon, it was a little later, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though I've been enjoying it for so long. And I just, you know, I'm like, well, what's the point of, you know, <laughs> but it is a fun idea. And, and I actually think it could work in, it would be a fun live stream. You're right. I think it might work in, in video format very well. And I would love to have that, the comment section preserved yes. and have people say what yeah, they yeah, would yeah, do. Yeah. That's fair. That could be a lot of fun awesome. because I think, I think where my brain goes very first off is not going to be the type of answer that a lot of people might give, or maybe it know. is. I don't know. I don't know. We don't give it away. We'll listen for yeah, it. Yeah, I won't. I won't. <laughs> but that's a great idea. I'll, I'll give you credit when we do the video. Fantastic. That's all. So I got two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yes, yeah, you did. I'm gonna, I'm, I, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Cut me off. Cut me off. You I'm went gonna... You went big bucks and you got no whammies. You that's great. right. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, Josh, this has been a lot of fun. This is a little, maybe went a little longer than I was thinking, but this is a lot of fun. I've enjoyed, uh, you know, we've had some emails and discussion. I've enjoyed sort of meeting you uh, through the emails and I've certainly enjoyed this. This has been a hoot. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me, man. This was an absolute blast. And uh, what else can I say? But enjoy bourbon and roll tide. Oh, fantastic. We're out on that. Folks, thanks for tuning in. And welcome back. I hope that was as much fun for you uh, listening as it was for me to record. Josh is a super great guy, and uh, we enjoy talking uh, all things uh, Nashville, bourbon, and Alabama. Uh, the show probably went a little longer than I was originally anticipating. And uh, that's just a function of the phenomenal conversation uh, that we had. And uh, I hope hopefully that came through in the interview and the conversation, not even really an interview, just a conversation. And uh, certainly hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, I'm going to ask you a favor, uh, reach out to your podcast download tool 
and uh, leave us a review. Leave us a five star. We like those. It uh, helps people find us. And uh, certainly if you have any questions or topics or ideas for summer show events, don't hesitate to reach us. Uh, reach out to us, Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on the Facebooks. We're on the the uh, uh, the Twitter sphere as well. Hey, we so appreciate you listening. And as we say, roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.